What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Voice, and you're here for another episode of the Facts Project. Today, special guest, Corey Marshall. We're here to talk about Umiverse Comics. Now, note, this man does not have one tale that he's going to tell us about, but he has none other than four tales that he's basically put together, and you can find them all on Umiverse.com, correct? Umiversecomics.com. Umiversecomics.com. Corey, thank you for being here. Man, thank you for having me. Honestly, I'm honored and it's, it's a pleasure. Nah, look, man, I, I know we, we've been following each other for a, a long time, especially even from the Instagram days and everything like that. Yeah. And of course, I've seen uh, the the acumen for basically you having this love for comics and everything. Uh, you're, of, of course, not only a comic writer now, and I can officially say that, but you're a comedian by trade. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yeah, I'm, yeah. So, so it's like it's it's good to see, man. Like especially when somebody, of course, has a lot of uh, a lot of arms in the stable, man. And you, so so what what got you into this, man? Because I we once again we've been following each other for a while. So the love of comics that basically you endured. Where did this begin? Oh, uh, first it did start from the love of comic books and like. No cap, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people, I don't have to make up a story to kind of be involved, but I've been reading comic books ever since I was a kid, like many people, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I was the guy that used to cut up the comic books because I didn't have a lot of toys. So I would cut out the action, you know, the comic books and I used to play with them and everything. So I, I used to just run through them. Uh, I used to tell my own stories um, outside of what, the written story was in a comic book. I have an old Marvel tales and stuff like that. So I always loved creating stories, which got me into writing as a kid. Mm. Um, so I always enjoyed the process of writing. And then when I got older, um, I just moved into the kind of professional side of stand-up comedy. Um, so I was a stand-up, still am, technically. Um, started stand-up, honestly, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and from being in stand-up, I learned about... I learned more about writing and being in the stand-up area. I befriended a lot of professional comedians and they had a lot of projects. And so I was involved with a lot of their, um, their writing projects, whether it was screenplays. So they would give me the screenplays and I would punch them up, like make them funnier. Right. And then, so I was like, this is another avenue to get into. Um, so I got into doing screenplays and writing um, that opportunity to work on some sitcom stuff. And it didn't go as planned. And so I was just like, well, yeah, I really want to tell some stories on the screen. So what's a good way to get the stories completed? And then I said comic books. Um, so that's what got me into creating and producing comic books because I had a story to tell that I wanted to be seen. You know, I wanted people to read it. I wanted uh, the stories to be known and comic books was the perfect way to to blend those two worlds together, man. So that's Perfect. when I got started with um a madman tale. Yeah, and I now you sent me a madman tale. Um, like I said, I was maybe around like five six months ago, and I was I, I was blown away by it because thank you. Uh, well, well, first first and foremost, not only we talk about uh madman's tale, you got artificial identity, you got gospel burger, and you got strange roots, mm -hmm. and each yes. of these stories, none of them are the same. Let's, yeah. let's just point that out and, and, and say that wholehandedly. But more so than not, I know generally from reading all these books, 
Uh, I sense a little bit of Hitchcock in there. I sense a little bit of Twilight Zone in there. I sense a little bit of Creep Show in there. So it's uh, those. It's like those vignettes that we used to see with like those old school horror TV shows and everything like that. Like the the horror movie was thirty minutes, you know, or the storyline yeah. was thirty minutes. So like you had to catch somebody like immediately, and you were driving them in a direction, but in the end that pivot would happen and you'd be like, this is a whole totally <laughs> blown different story. Yeah. So, so when I first read, um, the premise of, uh, Madman's tale, uh, there is of course the, the, the oversight of, uh, racial injustice and police brutality, but then it goes into this sci-fi element. Absolutely. Yeah. So get, let, let's speak on that first. <laughs> okay. Um, you're talking about un unidentified lies. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. It it, it kind of started around the time that story came about around 2020 ish mm -hmm. when we was doing a lot of protesting, and you know you're sitting down, you're thinking, and it was just like, okay, well, what if there's something else to it? You know what I'm saying? What if something if if this is if there's a bigger picture, you know, yeah. that we may never know. And it's okay, well, what if there's a sci-fi twist to it? Um, and so uh that's how the story came about. And it was a way to address the social aspects, the seriousness of what's going on, the um the injustices, the injustice of things, and also which is something that we're all familiar with. Like, we know how that story goes. Like, we know how it starts. We know how it's played out. But we're familiar with those stories. So automatically, you're involved with it. You got an idea of where it's going to go. So I just wanted to add another element. Like, huh. Like, what if this happened? Or what if also this is happening? You know, and kind of uh, add in that bizarre thing into something that's already familiar. Yeah, because then um, unidentified lies, the, the way that you're looking at it is like, and and no, it's it's almost like a, cons a conspiracy theorist dream, because like yeah. the way that like police brutality in the black community can be so eye-catching and polarizing that can turn everybody's hindsight towards that moment that everything yep. that's being done in the background, you can't see. Nope. Nope. So like it yeah. with within like a twenty two to twenty I, I think it was twenty four page storyline, it's like you're seeing this and you you're starting to get pissed off because you've you know the storyline is like is hard hitting, and then you realize that they pull the curtain down and it's like like Something this, totally different. Like, like homeboy wasn't bullshitting the entire time like he'd been trying to tell y'all yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but essentially. Every single story turns out to be like this. Um, you yeah. you, you yeah. have a way of turning everything on its head. So, like with 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 Gospel Burger, there's the there's the re, uh, religion aspect, but then there's this cannibalistic aspect and the zombie aspect that, uh, that's going on there. You have Strange Roots, which is like a sort of damn. How can you say it? It's it's crazy. It's like a. Uh, it's kind of man, like a like a almost like a time travel way of uh of staying within like a certain certain period piece, but then but then okay. again, 
like it's 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 so revealing in that sense and then like artificial identity in the beginning like you like it plays into that whole um the the discriminate the discrimination of transgenders and then yeah and then it, it turns out this it just keeps going. It keeps yeah, going. this AI AI Android is just like I'm like, yo, this is 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 wild. And the thing is, like, that's what's so capturing about it. But the way that you're telling all these stories, where did this inspiration come from? Uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. Like, just the storytelling style first of Alfred Hitchcock, you know. Um, I used to always watch a, a lot of his stuff, um, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and it was just something about his demeanor and the way his stories were. You know, I knew something was going to happen. It wasn't always scary, but it was just it was just weird, you know what I'm saying? And I, I just liked that about Alfred Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Twilight Zone, you know what I'm saying? It's just like um, the sci-fi behind that. Um, at first, I used, I used to think, it was just horror, you know what I'm saying? Then there's no, it's not horror, it's more science fiction type, you know? Yeah. And then uh and then the messages that they had the about the social elements, you know, about the world and how they were saying other things through the story. And so it, you know, I'm not saying I, I'm doing anything new. It's been done plenty of times before, you know. Right. Um those are like the different blueprints that I just utilize, man, to, to tell the story from my perspective or a black perspective, you know? That mm -hmm. did, did you always see yourself basically building up a story and having those layers to where it was easier for you to pivot? Like when you're telling like the baseline of an entire story that's gonna take you 18 pages, but you yeah. almost know what the what the climax is going to be. And it's, it's the, the page turner element of it is just like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally going left here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's um, well, I don't know. Like sometimes it's 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 twofold, you know. Um, it's like uh, of course I want to see first where I want to end. So it was okay. How do I want to end the story, and uh, how would it start? Um, and then everything else, I just drop elements in there. Um, and then it's about the the compression of the story because I got twenty pages to tell it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it was just taking out things and making everything intentional, you know? And I think that's what I like. That's what I like about the stories. Like everything is intentional. All the words, the the phrases, the conversations, you know, the actions of it. Like it, there's like no fodder in it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, mm -hmm. oh, I can skip this page. and But no, like you got to read this page because if you don't read this page, you may not understand how this came about right. in this part. So, yeah. How did you come up with a storyline like Gospel Burger? The Gospel Burger came about, um, grew up in church, and we used to always sell food after the service, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple of people, they they were just coming just to get some food, man. <laughs> but, uh, oh, hold on. Did your church have like a downstairs kitchen? I had the downstairs kitchen. I had the downstairs kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, had the downstairs. I don't even think you could build a church without a downstairs kitchen. You know Word. <laughs> it's like, oh, you got to, you, you, you got to build it. You ain't got no church. You got to have a downstairs. Got to have a downstairs kitchen. You ain't got no downstairs kitchen. You in the Catholic church? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
so that th that's how it came about. Um, you know, about um just people going for the food. And it's just so, you know, just kind of twist the element of what if there was something important about the food or what's what's the food doing, you know, and you know, so it it, it, it was it, it, that part was easy, you know. And mm -hmm. I think the I, I wanted to touch on, you know, the the spiritual side of of um a religion, I think, you know, mm -hmm. and just being mindful of what we intake, what we listen to, what we allow to nurture us. You right. know, it, it sometimes it could be destroying us at the same time, you know. Mm. And, and and no, look, if anybody is ever to pick up that book and read it, you you'll be blown away just like I did. But it to, to get to it, like somebody that like you, of course, with the aspect to not only come up with the you've always wanted to do a comic book, but in this hindsight, you do you do multiple at one time. Yeah. And also, even from the business sense, you decide and decide to open an online store immediately. Mm -hmm. Why so? Uh, to recoup the cost of making the comic. <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, but well, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, me, I'm more so thinking like, you know, most people align with somebody that's already doing it in their field. Most people mm -hmm. uh, will probably try to like reach out to a publisher. I, you know, what I'm saying, and, and I totally get that to recoup them funds because that's yeah. more so. The indie <laughs> game is rough. I get yeah, it. it is, man. You know what I'm saying. It's well, uh, also too, it's 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 you know, um, I really don't know too much about the publishing realm in general. So, yeah. but I am familiar with controlling your your IP, you know, yes. and that's one thing that I'm big on. And you know, um, I've been working on quite a few projects just throughout my career, and knowing the creative control is important to me, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I have a story complete and it's perfect to me, but when I present it, they want to change some things, you know, say, well, you know, we, we need to change this. So we want to add this in there. And, and the story is not what I wanted it to be, you know? So to kind of avoid that, it was just like, well, let me just take a chance and just kind of publish it myself, you know, that way. Um, I can make my mistakes, own up to it. You know what I'm saying? If if but this is the way I want to tell the story. If I said something wrong, you know, hopefully there's room for a conversation around what I was trying to say, you know. Um, and it's on me, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, uh, I don't have to call Olivia Pope to kind of save the publishing part. The publishing doesn't have to come to me, hey man, we can't say this in our books, you know, so you gotta kind of tone it down a little bit. You know, so I just said, so, you know, why not? You know, um, there's a lot of indie creators out there that's doing some amazing work and just looking at their growth and their progression and their commitment to their to their um, stories and, and in their books. You know, it's 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 like you said earlier, they laid out the, the blueprint for it, man. Uh, all these indie creators out here. So it was just like, well, OK, you know, it can be done. They're showing that it can be done. And so I just followed right along. Word. Now, in in the height of the game, and I think you and I were basically following pretty much like the same people. Was there anybody yeah. 
anybody in particular who who you were following or you were like, okay, this person's doing it correctly. And it if they're basically showcasing how they did it, and I can I can do the same thing. Man, so many people, man. I uh, I can definitely say uh Tyler T- Martin, you know, Tyler, yeah, Tyler Martin, Martin Godhood, uh Greg, um Concrete Impact, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That th- those guys, man, um they've been hustling, you know what I'm saying? Um Crescent City Monsters, you know. Uh, oh yeah, Newton Beautiful books, man. Beautiful books, you know. And it's just like, well, damn, like those are some good works, man. I was man. about to say, was that was that your inspiration for Grayscale and all these books? Uh, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> um, Grayscale Monsters showed me that it could be done mm-hmm. good. You know, what I'm saying I was just like, okay, you know, because um, a lot of people. They're very funny about black and white stuff for some reason. I don't know why. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't like black and white films. I don't like black and white movies. You know, and so when I did a, uh, when I first did um, one of the issues, I showed to a friend, I was like, oh, that's fun, but why isn't it black and white? And I was like, oh, well, you know, it's kind of like Alfred Hitchcock, Twilight Zones. It was, you know, black and white. So it was like homage to them. And it was a like, man, it's a comic book, man. Like people want to see colors and splashing. And I was just like, ah, uh, you know, and it almost convinced me, you know what I'm saying? And then happened to run across Crescent City Monsters. And I was just like, yo, like this mm-hmm. is crazy dope. And uh, and then it, they just really confirmed, nah, man, stick to your guns. Like you can do it, you know what I'm saying? So that's just why they stayed black and white. Word, word. Now, now, who was the creative team? Because of course you how, how long did it take you to finish all these books? Uh way longer than I thought. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I, when I got in, I'm not gonna lie, like I knew nothing about making comic books. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people, you know, I I wrote the stories, it's cool. Uh, I got the panels laid out. Um, I just need to hire an artist, they could draw it. Uh, so I found an artist, one of my one of my friends recommended them, you know, say, hey man, can you uh do this comic book? He said, yeah, yeah, it's just 20 pages, just 20 pages, you know, I, I pay you what's your rate. He gave me rest. Oh, cool, cool. Hey, I can do that. I can do that. I'll do that. Um, he said, when do you want it done? I said, oh, I need 20 pages. I need it done in uh, two weeks. And he looked at me like, uh, this is not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, you can't do it in two weeks. Just sit down and draw. You know, I don't understand. Like, right. you know, he's like, ah, it's just not going to happen. You know, and, like, and, uh, dude, bro, I got and, a job. <laughs> Like, well, quit your job. You know what I'm I don't understand, you know? But it, I, I just didn't understand. I did not understand the illustration process. I did nothing about it. I just thought artists sit down and they just draw and here you go. You know, I uh, I apologize. I did not know that mm-hmm. it, it was that much work involved. And so we gave it to him. And dude, five months later. Yeah. <laughs> five months later, you know, he gave us our first issue. The first issue, which you have not seen. Okay. This is this is the insider. Uh the first issue of Madman Tale uh is not public. Um mm. yet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna re-release that last. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it is my favorite story of the series. It's my favorite story of the series. Um and the artwork is different. So I was like, well, let me release this last because, you know, it's it, it, it's a different look. It's a different feel. 
So it was just like, let me get people, you know, consistent look that I die and then present the last story. It'll be something different. So, yeah. 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 So that was kind of like a, maybe like a marketing kind of thing with a, you know, mm-hmm. but um, so my creative team, uh, I got a, a good writing buddy in a comedy game named Marquis Jeter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on a, a lot of projects for his career. Um, and he's like my brainstorm guy, you know, it's just like, I have ideas that I can bounce off of them and he gives me great feedback. Um, we just have a good synergy working together. So he's like my guy, you know what I'm saying? He's like, hey man, I got the story right there, blah, blah, blah. And he'll talk me through things. Like, oh man, so what did this happen? Nah, nah, I don't want that. You know? And the thing about it, like, I never use any of his ideas. I, I never use them, but right. you know, but it's, it's just like, uh, and he knows that, you know what I'm saying? He never got up, so you never use my ideas. So he knows that we're getting to what I'm trying to do, you know what I'm saying? So he doesn't mind it. And like, he, he's, he's just one of my good guys, man. And um, artist, um, Toyin, he's, he goes by Morby, sorry, Morby. Um, he's he's, he's the, the, the lead illustrator um, hmm. for the project, stuff like that. So um, he did every he made, single one? He did every single one that you have seen. Yes, sir. He did uh, hey. Gossip Burger, Artificial Intelligence, uh, yeah, Identified Lies, yeah. And uh, he, he 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 does it at a good rate, you know, rate-wise, I mean, uh, time-wise, what I mean. Right. Um, you know, like, he'll give me three pages, three pages a week, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. And so it's he's been a blessing. He's been a blessing. He's been a blessing. Yeah, because you have a lot of creators that pretty much outsource their work to artists that yeah. live God knows where, Philippines, yeah, uh, Brazil, and everything like that. You found somebody that you could literally like go see and yeah, and check yep. up on your work and everything like that. Not too many people got that luxury. Well, okay. Um I wouldn't mind doing that, you know. It it is just I, I may do that later too. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. you, know, you know, when I'm starting to pump out more books, is like, you know, let me get some more people involved. Let me get like a different team wherever they are, you know. So, but yeah, but you're mm-hmm. right. Now, um, now the book, of course, is now on the online store. Do you mm-hmm. do you look to crowdfund any of these books? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I say publicly, I'm scared of crowdfunding. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I, I I just don't know if I can have a successful crowdfunding project just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I could, but you know, uh, when we did it, I did the crowdfunding a little different. Um, when my first book came out, I just looked at my followers through through my career, um, whether they was comedy. You know what I'm saying? And went through my old email list and stuff like that and said, hey, I'm working on a new project. Yep. Um, this is what it is. Um, and you can help support it. So I just reached out to people that was already following me and they got maybe the first two books funded, you know, so that was a big help. So right. it was okay. I don't have to do the the Indiegogo thing just yet, you know, but um, okay. I, I still may. I still may. I still may. Yeah, I mean, look, I I realize as far as like uh, you pretty much putting the company online as far as like outside of just you and putting mm-hmm. that as like the brand that you're putting on social media. You have yeah. Universe now, Universe Comics on on Twitter and, and probably on yeah. IG and everything like that right now. 
that's uh, of, of course like the starting point for everybody so it's like if you're constantly displaying the panels and everything like that and, and people get to know exactly what the story is and then especially okay. aspects that they want to see you know what not too many people are going the route of uh a hitchcock feel or a twilight zone mm -hmm. feel so like when when you're seeing that it's something different you know that superheroes are i can't say that superheroes are easy but some people do create them as one-dimensional yeah you don't have that you add okay. actual stories 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 yeah that you're yeah. Actually, that you're pretty much putting online uh and even through throughout your books that you're selling and you know people have to realize you know like there's genres in comics just like there is in mediums like movies you know so yeah. which is cool and, and and that's the challenging part that that i'm having you know because i'm down with the capes and cowls you know what i'm saying like i get it you know the pictures look exciting you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so and comic books too like um even before you get to the story it is a visual medium you know what i'm saying so it's just like it, it has to move people visually and mm -hmm. It's it's like okay, so that could be a challenge thing because like my story doesn't have a lot of action in it, you know what I'm saying? So it was just like it's like okay, so I gotta find another way to kind of present it. So that's the challenging part, you know, because I don't have a guy standing there in the cape, you know what I'm saying, or somebody mm -hmm. holding a body, you know, or it's coming out of the smoke or superhero pose, you know. I got a guy sitting at a right. table. <laughs> <laughs> And you know that that's the action, you know. Right, right. <laughs> I, you know, you may turn the page and somebody be like, "Hey, hey," but that's hey, it. <laughs> maybe, maybe you just want to do the the Hitchcock big belly outline and just walk into it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> just, just started like that. Like this is movie first, right? Here. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. You know so, what but that's so that's the challenge, man. Um, and you know, so uh, but it's been fun, you know. Um, uh, people have been giving me feedback, and one good thing that is consistent: the people that read it, they love the stories, and so that that's a relief, you know. Cause yeah. just, um, you know, the art the artwork may not, you know, oh well, the artwork is so sick, you know. So oh, that's why I brought it. Like no, they gotta they taking a chance when they buy my book, like like. By no stretch of the imagination, they taking a chance. You know what I'm saying? The story may be whack. You know what I'm saying? The artwork mm -hmm. isn't like, uh, oh man, this I'm gonna put a poster on the wall. These people talking at the table. That's what it's hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, I'm just thankful that when they do check it out, they they the the I've always gotten positive feedback. You know, and it it seems honest. So thank dope. you. Oh, dope, dope. Well, hey, bro, I appreciate you doing this with me. Um. The fact that you are a person, of course, that loves comics this much and you've had the opportunity to publish yourself for comics and then actually have them within your own digital store is an accomplishment all by itself. So it's it's more so now like for some the the entrepreneurial spirit that a lot of these comic book uh, creators are, are having, you know, you followed step one, or actually, I'm sorry, you followed like step two before you okay. did step one. So like right. a, a lot of people generally just get their first, their first issue. They'll crowdfund it. And essentially, even if they make it or not, you know, they might not even get that issue to you. You're starting with four, yeah. which, is, which is, you know what I'm saying? 
is good by itself. And you got four really good stories. Thank you. So, so I, I feel as though like this is, 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 is definitely a good start. Cause you actually like skipped a step. So now you have, you could literally like market and promote these stories exactly how they are. And if anybody, and it, and anybody it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't either. intentional, man. Like I fumbled through some steps. I was like, oh, 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 and just happened. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it was not no master plan. Trust me. Or, yeah, but if anybody gets a chance to read any of these all the way through, you'll want to read the next one because, for one, if a if a comic has has a dramatic climax, regardless if it's a cliffhanger or not, like mm -hmm. like I feel like none of these actually need an issue too because of how they're written. It's it's almost like the the climax is not necessarily a page turner into a next issue. It's almost like man, that book was like super dope because the ending was just, the reveal was nuts. Yeah. And then you read the next one and it does the exact same thing and it continues on and on and on. So if you have like this, this niche that you're following where your comics are more like vignettes than anything to where it's like, I'm gonna just give, I'm gonna give you all these one shots and these one shots mm -hmm. are just cool ass comics that you, that you can like basically like ride through. And then maybe yeah. they the going to do a continuing series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the next step. Like, um, and there is a, a familiar stream that that'll run through all the comics, but you won't realize until all of them have been released and you'll be like, Oh wow. Okay. I see how everything kind of may come together. Um, but this is going to only be um, a seven issue series. Um, a madman tale, and then I'm gonna I want to get into some capes and cows stuff. So ah, you are gonna jump in the superhero ring? Going to the superheroes, you know, gotta go in the superheroes, and so it, it, they'll still have that anthology style storytelling too, in with like capes and cows. So that's what I'm gonna do. Dope, dope, Corey. Appreciate you doing this with me. I I I totally want everybody to actually like. Get the opportunity to to read read your stuff because if 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 I'm blown away by it, I hope that everybody else is. Thank you, man. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and yeah. thank you, man, for what you're doing for the culture, man. In general, like the consistent, uh, you got a dope podcast, and and I love it because you know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? The combo world, and and that's just so fun. And not just combo, but hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Music in general. You know what I'm saying? I I, I appreciate all your contributions, man. So. Keep doing what you're doing, man. I definitely appreciate you. Word up, man. Hey, look, I appreciate that wholeheartedly. I mean, shit, this episode is dedicated to our brother True Gore, the Dove, Plug 2 from De La Soul just passed last week. So definitely peace to him and peace to you, Corey. Appreciate you doing this. So for everybody at the Facts Project, this is James Grandmaster Facts Voice, Corey Marshall with the Umiverse Comics, and we are out. Out.